Welcome to Euractiv's Digital Brief Podcast. I'm Luca Bertuzzi, your Digital and Media Editor. This week, we take a closer look at the state of connectivity in Europe. For an overview on all things digital in the EU, sign up to our free newsletter or visit the website euractiv.com. This is Euractiv's Digital Brief Podcast. Today I'm joined by Alessandro Gruppelli, Deputy Director General at the European Telecommunications Network Operators, Etno. Thank you, Alessandro, for being with us today. Thank you, Luca, for inviting us. This week, Etno released a report on the state of connectivity in Europe. Can you give us an overview of what uh, were your main findings? The main finding uh, is uh, that Europe is progressing on connectivity. And by connectivity, we mean the new generation of uh, networks that will bring us higher speeds, but also more intelligent networks. This means uh, 5G and fiber. Uh, we are progressing in that uh, on 5G, we doubled the coverage of population. Last year, uh, it was uh, 30% of the population reached by 5G networks. Now this number has doubled to 62%. Um, the same has happened on the fixed side. The fixed networks are very important. As we know, we relied on them uh, for our remote uh, working or even remote schooling. And there we passed uh, for the first time 50% of the households covered with fiber. This is the good news. The relatively less good news is related to our comparison with global peers. So if we look outside Europe, for example, at South Korea, at Japan, or at the United States, we are lagging behind. What are the structural causes of uh, Europe lagging behind in this uh, deployment of uh, high-performance networks? There are uh, many uh, reasons, of course, and the first one is related to the structure of our European markets. As we know, one of the dreams of the European Union is to uh, shift from 27 individual national markets to one single market for the EU. This fragmentation has not been overcome yet, despite the attempts and the efforts of the European institutions to reach a unified market. But then there are also regulatory reasons. Historically, how the EU has regulated the telecom sector was to achieve lower prices, more affordable prices. This was the uh, basic objective of EU regulation 20 years ago. Today, maybe uh, the uh, strategic and political and industrial challenge is more how do we upgrade networks and how do we bring Europe into the future with 5G and fiber. So maybe the objectives of the old regulation are not that fit and Europe is uh, struggling, is a bit slow to uh, shift towards the industrial policy, towards these new objectives that are about speeding up the rollout. And the final one, which is linked uh, to both of these uh, issues that I just mentioned, is market consolidation, meaning how many players uh, uh, do we have? We know that if we count uh, the operators above uh, 500,000 subscribers in Europe today, we have 38 
operating telecom groups. This is compared to seven in the United States, four in Japan and three in Korea. And of course, uh, more consolidated markets are more appealing for the investors on the financial markets and they are able uh, to attract uh, more investment. Just to follow up on that, Alessandro, the general um, you know, economic uh, rules say that more competition is good. Here you're saying we have more competitors in Europe. Usually competition is the one that uh, lowers the prices and essentially uh, pushes operators to invest more. Um, now, the telecom market is quite a particular market. It's one of the most regulated markets in the world. And you're saying that the purpose of European uh, regulation so far has been to push the prices down instead of, of competition doing that. C can you explain a bit uh, this relation between regulation and competition in the telecom market? I think that uh, uh, the two things are true. Competition does drive innovation and does drive dynamism of markets. Uh, let's just think of uh, how things uh, went. Most of the members of Etno, uh, they might have a, a former or a, an incumbent position in their market, but they went out in other markets, in other European markets, and there they are competitors. So competition is good, but it cannot be the only driver of investment and innovation. You also need an industrial policy view of the world, which is uh, uh, what uh, uh, now is being discussed a lot in Brussels. Industrial policy is uh, something that maybe in the past uh, was uh, less emphasized at the European uh, level. Uh, so um, we need to have the right balance to ensure a sustainable uh, competition. Uh, and this means that if we look at the financial indicators today for the telecom sector, which are reported in our uh, state of digital report, we see that the European telecom sector is uh, far weaker uh, than its peers. Uh, some uh, um, of the indicators, uh, for example, on enterprise value or on the debt show that our European telecom companies are weaker, for example, than the American or the South Korean or the Japanese ones. And this is not desirable. It means that we ended in a place in which maybe the firepower of the sector uh, as a, a group of companies made of both uh, alternative operators and incumbents is not as high as it could be. The new direction of policy in Europe is to help investment, to help rollout. This takes time. I am positive that uh, we will get there. But of course, timing in these things is also of essence. Uh, the faster you go, uh, the least uh, uh, the danger that you lag beyond, behind globally, uh, which is, of course, an issue because 5G and fiber are considered uh, uh, basically pillars of the competitiveness of an industry, of a market, of an economy today. When you say industrial policy, what do you mean by that exactly? Do you mean public investments, you know, in areas of market failure? Or are there other incentives that can uh, push operators to uh, invest or develop 5G and fiber? Indeed, there is a range of measures that can be taken 
uh, to uh, reinforce uh, an industrial sector like the telecom one that is required today to deliver these high levels of investment in 5G and uh, uh, fiber. Well, uh, a first one is demand side measures. And we are seeing a lot of these nowadays with the recovery that, of course, is more important in some markets uh, uh, than in others, because you know that the level of funds is uh, uh, arguably more important in Southern Europe. And that is about demand stimulation, but it's also about digital transformation, meaning how do you ensure that the SMEs digitize and start using cloud, for example? Or how do you ensure that the manufacturing sector uh, changes its production processes and becomes more digital? From a societal and economic viewpoint, this is about digital transformation to make your industries more modern. From a telecoms viewpoint, this is about demand. Of course, if there is more demand, you have a stronger case to go to the investor community and say, hey, guys, we want to raise capital investment in 5G and in fiber. This is one of the pillars of industrial policy in this field. But then there is also the bigger question of consolidation. Might it be the moment in Europe to allow telecom groups to merge a bit more. There might be a nuance between the 38 telecom groups that we have now in Europe and the seven in the US. There are many shades of consolidation in the middle. So a question is whether it isn't maybe time to allow some consolidation and to build some strength inside the telecom sector in Europe. Now, we talked what is in this report, but a question came to me on what isn't mentioned in the report, which is China. China has the vastest share of 5G infrastructure and patents. How come you didn't mention it in the report? This is a very good point, which um, uh, we discussed a lot internally also with the experts that prepared the report at Analysis Mason. Our main reason for not having China in the report until today is the comparability of the market economies. If you wish, it's uh, easier and uh, methodologically uh, more sound to compare, uh, for example, Europe with the United States. We also included some uh, global benchmarks, uh, South Korea and Japan, because that we know that traditionally they are the best at uh, uh, connectivity. But probably I do take your point here. I think that in the state of digital 2023, we should have China. And so maybe we can meet again in one year and compare notes on this. And we would be glad to have you, of course. Um, so my final question would be regarding the emerging technologies that uh, 5G and high capacity network enable like AI, edge computing, Internet of Things. You're saying that we are falling behind in this international race for connectivity. Do you think that um, there is a risk that we fall behind also uh, with these new technologies? Everything is indeed connected, uh, but I think that there are reasons uh, for hope. Uh, the first one is that the European Commission has clearly changed the gear on these things. Just think at the focus of Commissioner Breton, DG Connect and DG Grow on AI, IoT, edge cloud, cloud computing in general. It's clear that we were talking about industrial policy. Well, 
there is an industrial policy vision for these things today, which means also that there is a clear direction and prioritization from the political viewpoint. This helps also the industrial actors and the startups to have this increased attention and increased uh, uh, funds. The other thing why I'm optimistic is that in Europe, uh, people are understanding that there is a twin transition happening, meaning because we have this need to decarbonize our economy because of the climate change emergency, we realize that digitization is one of the ways uh, to uh, decarbonize uh, the economy. This means that probably uh, digital will be prioritized uh, because of this uh, uh, additional emergency after having been boosted a bit by the pandemic uh, years. So I think that uh, the demand side trans- transformation will accelerate. The big open question to me is timing, is the speed of all of this. The more investment you are able to uh, uh, unleash in the market, the faster this transformation goes. And of course, timing is of essence because the rhetoric of a race, uh, of a race towards something might sound a bit uh, odd or old, but at the end, it is also indeed about that. Who gets there first? tends to set uh, uh, the standard. So I think uh, uh, the right vision is in place. From the commission, we do have a problem of speed and uh, uh, the investment in networks is one of the bottlenecks in which we can do better and on which policy can help us uh, to do better. Alessandro Gropelli is Deputy Director General at ETNO, the European Association for Telecom Operators. Thank you, Alessandro, for having been with us today. Thank you, Luca. That's all we got time for this week. Don't forget to sign up to our free Digital Brief newsletter to receive a comprehensive overview on all things digital in the EU directly in your mailbox. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast published on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and Amazon Music. I'm your Luca Bertuzzi and thank you for listening.